Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Wow, when I think about how I really do it, <laughs> how I've been doing it lately. So earlier in COVID, one of my clients started telling me about how she was doing paint by numbers. She'd all of a sudden, we were all sheltering at home and her work because she's out in the world working normally before COVID had changed and she had all this time and she went the creative route. We've done a lot of Brené's work and she understands the value of creativity and she used to really like to do lots of different art things. And so she started doing paint by art. So I kept hearing her, you know, talk about it, talk about it and just be so thankful. And she posts the pictures and, and I had all these judgments. It was so interesting. Like when I watched my brain, like really, I didn't have judgments about her, but like for me, my own resistance of paint by art, like I'm not going to just fill in, you know, numbers. And that's why I didn't want to do it. And I have so much resistance when it comes to painting anyways, like when I've done painting courses or a long time ago, Brene did the gifts of imperfection with Oprah's and it was all painting. And I remember going to the paint shop with my girlfriend. And I'm like, why do we have to paint? Can't we just learn the stuff? I don't want to paint. And I was the one every week who was very engaged and into the activity. So sometimes I will say, I don't say it all the time these days, but I'm a slow learner. <laughs> that was a long time ago. And I have this resistance to paint, but actually I really like it. So thank goodness my client kept talking about it. And then over the holidays, I ordered one and I tried it out. Oh my gosh love, love, love it. And I think the reason I didn't like the numbers was I was like, oh, that's cheating. That's not good enough. Isn't it interesting how shame will always show up in our lives? Just in these little ways, like that's cheating. It's not really real. And part of it is that my mom was a painter. I remember maybe it was before she had me, but we had all these paintings and they were beautiful paintings that she had done and she loved to paint. And so I remember this all or nothing thinking and that I am unpacking with you here was at some point I learned the message, not necessarily from her. If I couldn't do it perfect enough, why bother? Why waste my time? Don't go through the mess. And so I cut off this whole part of myself all of my life. Didn't think I was creative. I was told I wasn't creative. Wouldn't even go into the painting. And when I was in college, I had to do a lot of art stuff because of my degree. And I remember I took this charcoal class. It was a prerequisite I had to take. And every Tuesday, I still remember this. This is how scarring it was. I had to do a self-portrait every Tuesday with charcoal. And that for me was worse than a 10-page paper. And I think it was all caught up in this. It's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. I don't know what I'm doing. All this drama in our heads. So here I am, 2021, 48 years old, loving paint by numbers. I've given myself permission to paint that I can fill in the spots that I get to play. This is my form of play. And I'm also learning about like, Ooh, I want to make sure I can have bigger paint by numbers so I can really see it. I've done some hard ones. I went to the store because I wanted to buy some locally. They didn't have any adult packages because apparently paint by numbers is all the rage. <laughs> so 
I got a kid's one. And when I went to open it, I thought it was going to be this big thing. And it was a small, but it was actually really hard. I did this was like a Van Gogh painting, paint by numbers, and there was blending of paints. And that was fun. And so every time I step into this arena and there's something new, my brain goes, don't do it. This is stupid. And it wants me to quit. And then I'm like, just breathe. This is play. And here's another reason that I become a fanatic about loving paint by numbers. One of the things that I've learned about myself since the holidays is we're all struggling. Like I'm all these emotions. I'm aware of my emotions. I have emotional literacy, which that means I understand what the emotion is in what I'm feeling and I'm able to identify it and label it, right? If I'm feeling anxious, I can say, oh, this is anxiety instead of, oh my God, I don't feel very good and then want to offload it. Doesn't mean I don't want to offload it or that I don't because unfortunately at times I do. I'm a work in progress as well. But I had this emotional literacy and I was noticing over the holidays, there was some stuff going on that I felt really out of control and I was getting really, really anxious. And because all the gyms are closed, we wound up buying dumbbells and stuff so that our family can lift. And so my husband was putting together a rack and I was very, very anxious. And I went out to the garage and I helped him. I learned that when I had that focus, that's another way for me to feel my feelings and also move through them. So I took that learning and now I've applied it with the painting. (laughs) So it's a way to me to like focus on something and also be able to be in that space of what I'm feeling and to move through it. The last couple of weeks, it hasn't been about anxiety. Like it's just plain old joy. Like I really love it. And one of the things that I know about like online learning is I can get really distracted easily and I can go and do other stuff and then lose my attention to the focus. But when I'm in these paint by numbers and I have this like soft focus and I'm doing something that's kind of repetitive and I'm not attached to the outcome because this is my play, I'm able to then listen and focus to something else. So I've always known like when I walk, that's a great time to listen to audiobooks or podcasts or be in conversations with people. And I'm really, I can really absorb the information. Sitting behind a computer and absorbing information hasn't been great for me unless it's live, right? So like if I do live trainings or if I'm on the receiving end of a workshop or having my own coach, like when it's live and there's that engagement, that's great. But when it's taped, I find that I'm less absorbent. What I've learned in the last few weeks is, oh, when I do paint by numbers, when I do puzzling, these are great times for me to listen and absorb information. Because I used to have a story of I'm not an audio person, even though I have a podcast, like that's not a great way for me to learn. Like I'm visual when I'm also is very kinesthetic. But what happens when I do the painting, I engage in the kinesthetic and it opens up my brain and I'm able to learn and I'm holding on to concepts and things. It's been fantastic. So I love the paint by numbers because I'm like solving problems, right? I'm finding the numbers that I need to fill in and I'm watching something transform. And then for me, it's also been fun because I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks at a deeper level. And I even tried for a while, like I've bought the, both the book and the audiobook, 
and I would have the author read it to me. And I thought that was great, but it wasn't sticking. It wasn't as engaged. And so while I tried that, it still really wasn't working. And then didn't want to go ahead in the audio book because I thought, well, then I'm going to be behind in the physical book. There's like all this drama that happens over simple things. And what I found actually is when I listen to the audiobook and I'm doing paint by numbers, I get really excited to actually go back if I want to circle back and read the physical book because I'm like, oh yeah, this is a concept I remember. And one of the things about learning and the research shows us is that when you have the concept, it's easier to layer it in and hold it so that you obtain it and retain it longer. So paint by numbers, it doesn't have to be your thing, but what I'm talking about is a process of me learning more about me and I'm continuing to learn more about me. And that's my invitation for you to consider is you learning about you being compassionate, not judging, you know, thinking that you may have to do it a certain way, letting go of that. And instead of playing, and then what can you learn from that process? There's so much learning. I've said for years, probably for 10 years on the show, that life is a classroom. There's all this learning that can be done. There's our formal education, and then there's lots of learning. And puzzling and painting by numbers has taught me, given me so much insight into myself and learning and understanding. Like, I'm a huge fan. All right. So what we're really here to talk about today is about making time for yourself, which is part of that, right? Like for me to give myself the permission that I can play, especially from somebody who was used to be a workaholic at one point in her life and, you know, an overachiever and just work really hard and grind away and creating that space for myself to be able to do that and having that time to play. And I was a person like, I remember when I read Brene's research that we must play. I'm like, play, I'm not a person that plays. I don't even know how to play. Like all I know how to do is work. And I've been taking steps over the years to learn how to play. And right now, paint by numbers is a way to play. And I'm not saying I'm going to be married to it for the rest of my life, but it's been this whole time period of COVID and, you know, not being able to gather with people. It's been a nice way and it's been fun. And I get to be the leader of my life. Like this one that I'm painting right now is this cow. And it's so pretty. When I was going through, I made a decision. I was like, Corinne, you give yourself permission, pick the colors you want to start with. And so there are these pretty blues and I've been really into blue in this past 18 months. And then there were some pinks and I've been really into pinks and then there were browns. And I was like, "Mm, not ready to do that yet. So I would stay in there and go, okay, what's the color that I want to use? What's the number? And then start filling it in. And it's been beautiful. Like that's another way to be a leader of your life. Here's my art project. How do I want to do it with the constraints? I mean, I guess you could do it where you don't follow the numbers and that's fine too. I'm still going to be the rule follower and follow the numbers. But with following the numbers, what are the colors that I want to be surrounded with during this time of my project? And then of course, I'll be adding in the browns and the other colors. So it's been an interesting concept as I've been bringing this painting to life, to its evolution. Okay, so the topic today is making time for yourself. And I really want to talk about it like that was one way, but making time for yourself with this idea of the mindset, managing your mind. I talk about it here all the time. It's one of the key frameworks I use with my clients. And it's been so interesting because like my clients are great. They show up, they show up, whether it's in their groups or if they're a private client, they show up, they do their work. It's a great container because they've signed up for it. They're going to be there. 
right? And I think about like when I go back in the day when we would have gyms and I would sign up for, you know, my yoga class or whatever it was I was going to do if I was going to my personal trainer, I would show up and I would do it. The area that is so challenging for us is our commitments to ourselves and making that time for ourselves. Because especially if you're a woman, we've been told that we need to take care of everybody else. And Jen Loudon was one of the first people when she sat on Oprah's couch decades ago that said, hey, we need to have self-care. We need to make time for ourselves, right? And there was such a riot back then of women are selfish. We're not selfish. We need to take care of ourselves so we can take care of other people. And making time for ourselves is really important. And so the mindset journal is an interesting thing because I've been watching as my clients have their own resistance to it and looking at, okay, what's getting in the way of that? I decided to bring this here to you. So one is the question of when to do it, right? And often they go, well, I just don't have time. And my question for you is, do you not have time to feel better? Think about that, right? And I know we think, well, if everyone just behaved or followed my rules, my life would be so much better, (laughs) right? But those are things that we can't control. What we can do is manage our brain. We can manage our mind. So we do have time to feel better. And my friend, it actually doesn't take that much time. It doesn't take that much time, like 10 minutes, really 10 minutes. In the beginning, it's going to be slower because you're learning, right? And when I interviewed Carol Dweck a long time ago and about her book mindset and her research, and you know, I, I geek out, I really love academics who do this research because there's empirical evidence and it's not just, oh, here's my synopsis. And then I'm really good at helping people integrate and implement that research. But I remember asking her about, you know, the mindset and stuff. And she's like, oh, you just change your thought. Well, for some people that it can be as simple as that. And for some people it's like, but how do I do that? I was one of those people. And that's what this framework is that we have with the mindset journals. And then the other thing that I know is that a whole bunch of you, like we've sold tons of these mindset journals. And what was the obstacle? Some were like, I don't know how to use it. Right. And I know many of you want me to be the magic wand or have the magic wand. Well, these journals, journaling is a magic wand. It takes practice. And so I would figure the fairy godmother, when she first got her magic wand, she didn't just like be able to turn Cinderella into Cinderella in a pumpkin into a carriage, right? It took practice. And when we think about, you know, fairy godmothers or witches, when they first get their powers, they stumble. Well, this, if you want a wand, think of this as your wand and you're going to stumble. But one of the things is even getting to, I don't want to talk today about the actual journal, but setting yourself up and making time for yourself so that you can feel better. I get it. Your life is busy. You're overwhelmed and you're like, will this work or it'll take too much time. So here's the thing. One is it won't take too much time. It's a practice, small hinges, move big doors. So take small steps and you will get there. Keep going. Two is yes, this works. And I know your life is busy. And I have a comment about that too. I'm going to talk about. So first thing, there's not a right way or a wrong way. It's all learning. Let go of perfection. Remember when I was talking about the paint by numbers or painting and some of the childhood messages I got about like, well, if I can't do it as beautiful as my mom and her paintings, then there's no place for me. That all or nothing, we need to get rid of it. Meet yourself where you're at and let's get started. 
Okay. So we are going to take one step, open up the journal. And if you don't have my journal, open up a notebook, get a piece of paper, get a post-it note, make time, right? To write down what you're thinking, give yourself permission to do it wrong. Just open it up and get started. Right? You're not turning it in. You're not going to get graded. Nobody's going to see it. In fact, if you're really concerned about writing it down and then somebody seeing it, shred it. I had a client who was always so worried and I would say, we can shred it or you can put it in the fireplace. Just don't catch your house on fire right? because we want to mitigate that risk. But you can destroy it. Just because you write it down doesn't mean it needs to stick around. You can let it go. Now, those are the steps. Just get started. After you practice that a few times, then the next step is schedule it on your calendar. Pick 10 minutes, a 10 minute time slot in your week, block it off, right? And I know you're going to say, but Corinne, I don't have time, but we've all wasted time. (laughs) Before I even got on to do this podcast for you. I don't know why, but I jumped onto Facebook. There was 26 minutes gone because I jumped onto Facebook. I was just going to go in for a second because it was my own resistance of like, it's, you know, like, oh, I need to go do this. Let me go find something else that can numb me, right? We have wasters of time in our life. So, and I'm not asking for a whole bunch of time, 10 minutes. I know when I go into social media, I can go in for a minute and an hour later, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Right? So I invite you to be deliberate. That will take some energy at first. This idea of scheduling it. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. Many, many years ago, a girlfriend and I, we were having coffee on Fridays. And so she actually taught me the skill set of calendaring. She's like, oh yeah, I just put it in my iPhone because I never used the iCal back then. I was like, what? Why would you do that? She goes, I just put it in there. So then it's already in there. That small step of putting a coffee date in my iCal has led me to be a calendar master. And when I say a calendar master, like I just get more and more proficient at it and it's fun. And what happens is that all that noise that you speak, remember the overwhelm I was talking about, all that noise in my head of, I need to remember this, or I can't forget this, or I've got to take care of this. It's in my calendar or it's in, I have a system. I guess it's a hand calendar or paper. It's my book whatever it's called. I can't think of it, but I write down there. So I, I have my appointments. I have the things I'm going to work on. I have my to-do list. It's a great system. So now all of a sudden my brain is so much freer to do other stuff. So calendar it. Cause then all of a sudden you look at your calendar and you go, Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to do my mindset. Now here's something that's really, really important. <laughs> when you don't honor the calendar, you're not allowed to beat yourself up not allowed to beat yourself up. Instead, give yourself compassion and empathy because you screwed it up and that's okay. You screwed it up by not doing it, but you're going to reschedule it and you're going to remember, remember, take some learning so that these are the steps. Don't go into the all or nothing. Give yourself permission of like, own your story. I didn't do it. This is not a habit. I'm building a habit. I'm going to go back to honoring the calendar and look at why didn't it work? Did you think, oh, I'm going to do it at five o'clock, but we eat dinner at 530? And then you forgot to plan in making time for dinner or making the dinner. I've done that. I get it. So you need to work on a few things on the calendaring it. The other thing about calendaring it is it removes decision fatigue, right? Instead of when am I going to do it? When am I not going to do it? You make a decision, boom, it's done. Here's another way of 
thinking about it, like when you make those decisions, like if you're thinking about it right now, go open up the calendar because I'm talking about it. So it's fresh of mind. Go back to my paint by numbers. A new thing I realized was before I leave to make a decision of what color I'm going to come back and work on. That way, when I sit down and I'm like, okay, what was I doing? What did I do? It's already decided because right then my brain is fresh. I remember what I was doing and like, oh, here's the next color I want to work on that's within the color scheme. And that's where I'm going to start. I did this the other day and I put my, cause I didn't have anything there. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to use number six. It was another color blue. And there was a lot there inside. I decided it, it took me like five seconds to figure this out. Cause I was fresh in it. I put my glasses on it. So I would remember, cause I'm like, oh, how am I going to remember? Cause I, I know I'd forget. And I put my glasses. And so when I return back that next day, I'm like, oh, the decision's been made. This is beautiful. All I have to do is sit down and start painting. It was awesome. I love deciding ahead of time. I can always check in and change my mind because I am the leader of my life. But that is why calendaring it is great. You put it down and it's decided and you're like, oh, that's right. This is what's happening right now. And you do it or maybe you don't do it. And then you change it, but you, you're not allowed to beat yourself up. And as you're doing this, what you're doing is you're creating a growth mindset. It's like, oh, I screwed up. I didn't do it. What's working? What can be improved? And that's really important because we want to be fostering those kind of behaviors, those kind of tendencies as we're doing our mindset practice. And what happens instead is people go into the fixed mindset of like, oh, well, I forgot and I scheduled it five o'clock and see, it won't work for me. And so they just quit. But then what you're doing is you're teaching yourself that you're not a priority in your life and it's not possible and you're building that evidence. And what we really want to do is make yourself a priority and it takes practice because we have all this cultural programming to overcome. Okay. So the next step, the best time to do it, because that's what my clients say, well, like, when's the best time to do it? Well, remember that first one of there's no right answer. There's no right way or wrong way. There's no right answer. What I will do is I'll give an example. And then if that's a place where you want to start, you can do that and then tweak it. That works best for you. So for me, since I've had, well, my kids are my youngest two and I have a blended family, but the youngest two are 19 and soon to be 21. So I think with my second daughter, I started learning better about being prepared <laughs> and also when I could have time for myself. And it was usually in the morning. Like I, I just realized working out first thing, if there were things that were really important to me, it was always best to get it done before the rest of the house got up. And so for me, that's just been a long time habit of my best time is in the morning before the family. But you have to look at your life. Maybe it's in the evening after everybody's gone to bed. Maybe it's midday. There's not a right or wrong and check in with it as well as what chapter in your life are you in? The mindset journal can also be used. So that's that's a very proactive way, right? Like I'm going to practice, I'm going to do it ahead of time. Maintenance, it's like, you know, exercising to take care of yourself to be strong. Mindset journaling can also be used in response to feeling pain, right? Sometimes our pain can be the biggest drivers to make a change. And really, really do new clients come to me when their life is all fantastic, <laughs> They should come to me when they have a problem that they need help solving, right? So sometimes that can be a great igniter. We don't want that to be the only reason because we don't want to live this reactive adrenaline filled life. But it's not like you're doing it wrong. You can start here and then move towards making a regular maintenance 
in the morning if that works for you, like working out. Now, some clients will do this, their mindset practice, while they're in the car, because maybe that's the only space that they have. It's the only time that they have to think for themselves. Now, here's something that's really important. When they're doing this in the car, they're not driving and writing. They're driving in their thinking. They're separating themselves from their brain. That's that idea of mindfulness of you're not attached to your thoughts and your feelings, but you know what they are. So they're starting to pay attention. Well, what is it that I think? What is that noise in my head? And they start to separate that. That's what the journal does is it takes it out of your head. But for some people, driving is a place. That is okay. That's where they're starting. So there's not a right or wrong way. It's just about starting to incorporate a practice and then creating a habit that works for you. Again, for me, my favorite time, if I'm doing it proactively, is the AM. It's the morning, right? It's the quiet of the day. It's before I've created so many other practices of not checking my email, not going on social media, but being with my brain and figuring out what my brain thinks, especially as there's been all this cleansing through the night from sleep. So the quiet of the morning for me is my favorite. Doesn't mean I always do it, but that's how I work on practicing setting up myself for success. I'm able to declutter if there's crap in my brain. I'm fresh and I'm ready to go. And so my brain can be focused. And especially when I have a big morning or a big day ahead of me, it helps ground me so that I can be confident, I can be clear, and I can show up versus being anxious or running around, right, with baggage and drained and worried. The most important thing is remember this is all a practice. <laughs> There's not some like destination and like once you arrive there, then everything is easy street. You're always practicing, practice and tweaking. It's like cooking. You know, you may make a great dish and then the next day it may not taste as good. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't do it. You go back to it and you practice and you celebrate those beautiful times. Like when that dish is amazing and you eat the other times when, okay, it's not as amazing, but it serves a purpose. It's going to give you the calories so that you can go through your life. Okay. so. To wrap up, remember, let go of perfection. There's not a right way. It's not all or nothing. Keep showing up. Keep practicing to make time for yourself. Take one step. And that can be asking yourself questions. Paying attention to what's the resistance I shared in throughout this show. My own resistance over things that, right, why wouldn't do paint by numbers? And it was so interesting and fascinating that these were just the obstacles in my own head that got in the way. And sometimes I just have to say, well, Corinne, just try it. Go try it. And if you don't like it, it's okay. Because I am the leader of my life, right? So that's what I'm talking about. Take one step, ask yourself questions, schedule it on your calendar. I love to have open space and I love to have things on my calendar. And even if it's like paint by art or, you know, scheduling my mindset practice. And even today, remember, I'm a, I believe I'm a master calendar. I totally made up that phrase. But today I was like, wow, here's something that I do every day about this time, but I don't have it on my calendar. Let's put that there because now all of a sudden I go, that's the container of when I handle that. It's emails. That's like my least favorite thing are emails. But now that I know this is the time I go do it, I'll go do it at that time. Can I go in at different times? Absolutely. But knowing that I have a container and knowing that I've continued to work on and practice honoring commitments to myself, I know that that will can get taken care of then versus 
five years ago or so when emails used to run my life and I was always reacting to them. Okay. So calendar it, calendar things in your life, make those decisions ahead of time. And here's something that's really important. Don't overcomplicate any of this, right? You don't need to overwork it. You don't need to take a course in this. Put it on your calendar, whatever it is. If you have an iPhone, there's iCal. If you like to use Google calendars, use that. If you like to do pen and paper, do that. Just put it down. If you like to have a family calendar that everything, put it down, just put it on the calendar, pick it, and then you can always tweak it. And for managing your mindset, block out 10 minutes, start there. And even with my clients, like I always say to them, like no more than 20 you know, we want to have that container because if we start to go, we can, especially with my clients, I had one, he was like, I'm going to need four hours a day. I'm like, no, that's not allowed. That's not sustainable. With all the stuff that we have going on, we're professionals, we have families, we have friends, you know, we have our communities. Like we can't manage our brain for four hours a day with the lives that we have. 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And then as you do this, as you go through and you give yourself permission to give your space for 10 minutes, And then you start to realize, hey, this is something I can actually have. And you do it and you reflect and you see what's working, what can be improved on, and you tweak it. You start to figure out what's the best time for you in this chapter of your life, right? In this chapter. And when I think back, you know, 10 years ago in that chapter or 20 years ago in that chapter, there were different things plus different skill sets that I had or didn't have. So, in this chapter of your life, we don't need to beat ourselves up for the past or think we should do something different in the future. Figure out what works now because that's the path that you're on. And then practice, practice, practice. This, my friend, is how you schedule things and make time for yourself. And remember, it's not a chore, it's a gift for you to give to yourself and then allow yourself to receive it. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.